0: Welcome to Rising Stars, where Miriam Knight, publisher of New Consciousness Review, interviews exciting new voices in the world of progressive and transformational books, films, and ideas who offer intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us as we celebrate the conscious awakening and explore many expressions of consciousness in action.
1: Welcome, everyone I'm Miriam Knight and I'm here with my co-host MJ Schwader who is my partner in crime in the happy guide website and I am delighted to welcome our primary guest Jan Engels Smith Jan has worked extensively in the area of personal development through the advancement of shamanism in a contemporary context Now, she has both a background in science, psychotherapy, group dynamics, and shamanism, and her work creates a bridge between science and metaphysics. Jan has developed a thriving school of shamanic studies, a healing practice, and a community incorporating shamanic practices and energy medicine techniques, and her hope is to assist in the ascension of humanity. She is the author of a number of books including Through the Rabbit Hole, Explore and Experience the Shamanic Journey and Energy Medicine, which is both a book and a video series featuring the shamanic journey. I'm delighted to welcome both Jan and MJ to the show. Hi guys. Hello, hello. Hi so Miriam, hi, hi MJ. <laughs> hi Jan, hi Miriam. Good to be here. So, uh good to have you here. So, first of all, I would like you to explain to our listeners and to me, what is shamanism? We hear so much about it, and I think there is a lot of confusion about it.
2: Jan? Well, I'd love to explain it, because I agree with you. Sometimes people can conjure up a lot of different ideas when they hear the word shamanism. My favorite definition of it is actually from the Siberian people, and it means that someone who sees in the dark with their heart. And so I have always seen that then as a very loving and uh, open expression of looking at life and at nature and at all things, actually. And so, to me, shamanism is a healing art. Um, we look at it from a 21st century approach, and so it's dealing with uh, issues that we're facing today, from personal issues to global issues, to family issues, community. It doesn't matter. It's it's a way of approaching things using very tried and true techniques. Uh, and how to get uh, information to be helpful, um, and how to handle handle problems or issues or healings. We definitely incorporate um, the spirit realm or the invisible realm, if you want to put it in that category, uh, with the belief that we are surrounded with hundreds, if not thousands, of helping spirits. Uh, at all times and that can range from power animals to angels uh, to fairies it doesn't matter what category but there is a a worlds and realms of beings that are invisible to the naked eye but not invisible to the heart Um, which again shamanism is seen in the dark with the heart does that feel like a good explanation or would you like me to continue (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's beautiful it reminds me Thank of you. the the book The Little Prince who says it is only with the heart that one can see rightly so yes. um, and and you said that it's a tried and true um, technique and of course shamanism yes. I think is the the very very earliest I mean going back to probably to cave dwellers the very earliest. Right, year, National I mean.
2: Geographic dated it back 100,000 years. Now, I don't even think of people being around 100,000 years ago, but <laughs> they dated it back 100,000 years. Uh-huh.
1: So how does it connect to energy medicine?
2: Well, I think that the way that I connect it is that, um, and again, I have a strong science background, and... With the kind of discovery or the awareness of quantum physics, there has been understanding that there is there is a science to the invisible realms, you know that that there's many things that are uh, shaping our universe and our daily lives actually that are in the invisible realms that quantum quantum physics has been able to help us understand from a scientific perspective and so to me it's almost as if um you know when when we look at these things we can say well this is energy and this energy has the capacity to heal along with many other things that this energy can do, but one of its capacities is to heal. And so I've incorporated the word energy medicine into shamanism to sort of bridge that understanding that it's not just an ancient technique of believing in spirits and in uh, helping allies in the invisible realm, but this is energetic and can be scientifically um approached. And so I I wouldn't say it's scientifically proven yet, but those studies are coming out. And so it's. I like to use the word energy medicine to help broaden that perspective of people's ideas of of what they're actually getting into. Mm -hmm. It also entails that Um, Everything that exists is made of energy. It is a frequency of vibration, and that includes the human body and every component of the human body. It includes the soul. It includes, again, everything that exists. And since this is made of energy and we are interested in healing then how do we put all of this together to create healing conditions for the human body, for people, as well as all things that exist? Does that make sense?
1: (laughs) Yes. What I'm trying to wrap my mind around really is the difference between shamanism as applied to energy healing And the energy Uh healers like faith healers or people like Donna Eden or Carolyn Mace, who are also Uh focusing on channeling energy uh, for healing Uh purposes, is it like a continuum?
2: Yeah, I I believe that they can all be kind of, I, I believe that those people are shamans. You know, they're not necessarily giving that title to it, but there is a there is a movement of energy with intention to create these healings. There is a, a movement of uh, a style of journeying, which is the way that a shaman um, gets information uh, that people are doing, like medical intuitives. They're able to move into the part of them, which I call the right brain, that is. E- able to see these realms and to understand these realms and so they are doing it in their own style and a shaman is doing it in their own style maybe using more ancient techniques but it's still doing the same thing you're still able to obtain information and move energy in the same way so, to me, it, it can all be under the umbrella of shamanism or it can all be under the umbrella of energy medicine. It really just de- depends on which, um, you know, name you prefer and, and how you mm-hmm. want to categorize it.
3: May I, may I and I give you an example here? Sure.
2: Uh, way back when
3: I first started studying with Jan, it was probably 15 years ago, I um, went to California to visit relatives and they had a, a horse that was foaling. And I did some energy work on it. I was being watched by a, a closer circuit television. I'm, I forgot about that being on, but I was being watched by my mom, who's a devout Catholic. And so when I finished doing the work and it, it worked, what I was doing um revived the cult and the mayor. Uh, I went back to the house, and my my mom and and relatives were standing there, and they that came in and they said, "What, what did you do?" You know, they could see me doing something. All I was doing was putting my hands on the horse and and doing a journey. And, and what was that? What was that? And I said, well, you know, I just started studying this. I don't know what it exactly is, but, you know, it worked. Well, my mom says, yeah, I have a book in the car that was written by a nun called Energy Healing. And uh, uh-huh. Energy Touch, I think, was the name of it. And she's brought it in. She was all excited because I had done what she knew as being energy healing. If I had uh-huh. told her I was studying shamanism at the time, I'd, I think there would have been some big disagreement. But it was interesting because she saw that and said, yeah, this, this is here's a nun that's written a book about it. So she could put it in that context uh-huh. of her, her beliefs. So we are doing I love the same that. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. She handed me the book. I still have it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, there's, there's I definitely... Sorry about that. There's, a, there's definitely a lot of different terms for it, but it's th- basically the same thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where does psychic skills or, uh, or intuition come into this? Is this something that can be learned by anyone?
2: I believe it's not only learned, but I also believe it's your birthright. Let me, let me talk a little bit about something that... Um, I think really helps bridge the gap between all of these these different ways of um, doing healing and of looking at energy. And this all stemmed uh, years ago when I asked the spirits um, in a journey. I said, "How much do we actually see that's around us?" Uh, you know, like because I knew that there's a lot that is involved in the invisible realms. And for some reason I was expecting them to say something like, oh, 20% is what you see. But they came back and they said, you actually see less than 1% of what's around you. And I was like, less than 1%? Whoa. <laughs> Exclamation mark. <laughs> Multiple
1: exclamation marks. Well, yes. we are speaking with Jan Engel Smith, the author of Through the Rabbit Hole. Stay with us, and we'll be right back.
0: Your Conscious Lifestyle on steroids. Ohm Times Radio, IOM-FM. Humanity Healing International is a small nonprofit with a big dream. Since 2007, HHI has been working tirelessly to bring help to communities with little or no hope. Our projects are not broad mandates, nor are they overnight solutions, but they bring the reassurance that no one is alone and that someone cares. To learn more, please visit humanityhealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is.
2: Hi everyone, this is Shay Parker, the host of Best of the Best, which airs live right here on IOM Radio every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific. I'm super excited to bring you expert guest hosts, spiritual discussions, free psychic readings, and so much more. I can promise that you will not want to miss this one-of-a-kind, fun, yet touching, down-to-earth show. Join us every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on OTRFM. This is Shay Parker, and I can't wait to see you there.
1: I am Fidel Nshombo. I was born in a city called Bukavu in the Congo. We were a loving family, and then, boom, everything that I had disappeared in a single day.
2: People think that when you are a refugee, and they recycle it to America, and all your problems are done. They don't understand that that's the beginning of
1: everything. I was not born a refugee. I was made one. It's time we welcome refugee families with open arms. Learn more at embracerefugees.org, brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back. It's Miriam Knight and MJ Schwader here, speaking with Jan Engels-Smith about The subject of shamanism. So, you reminded me, Jan, that when you said that we see only 1% of what's around us, I remember taking some photographs at uh, Trout Lake at um, the Iseti compound, and it looked like I was photographing a blizzard. There were so many orbs. And and strange light anomalies on my digital camera when I looked at them afterwards, that it was absolutely incredible. How yes. um, how do you envision the dimensions playing together?
2: Well, let, let me. Uh, would it be okay if I just kind of finish this because um, I think it will describe this here really really well sure. with the dimensions as you're asking as well as the. Intuitive and psychic abilities of people. And so the Spirit said, you know, that we see less than 1%. And then in that, you know, I was amazed at that because literally they're saying we're blind, <laughs> you know. And um, then quantum physics, I was reading an article uh, that same week um, and they made reference that we actually see less than 0.01% of everything that's actually around us. And so this set up a whole bunch of questions for me to be asking the spirits about journeying and how to see these different things and why why this is part of our experience. And if we're born this way and all these different things, and I started firing off all these questions. And they said basically that we're conditioned into this That when we're born, um, we're born what they call whole brain. And, but through our training, especially in the Western society, we are a left brain dominant culture. So we are taught to turn off the right brain and really, really concentrate on that left brain, which is language and sequential thinking and cause and effect and, you know, very, very logical ways of looking at the world. And by the time we reach school, of course, we're really conditioned into this as well as, you know, tested in in those areas. And the right brain is in control of, you know, that's where we dream. And so when you can think about, a dream, there is no cause and effect there. You might be on a mountaintop and then in a closet, you know, and you don't have to know how you got there in a a sequence. It just happens. There's also magic there, and that would answer your question about the dimensions, meaning since you don't have cause and effect, anything can happen and there can be... um, a lot of of magic like there, there there doesn't have to be a reason to it so in asking further about this they said in the right brain this is where we have our clairs and so what i mean with clairs is like clara audient clara um uh buoyant, claudia sentient all the clairs so those are the things of People being able to see, clairvoyant, being able to see, it means clear vision, but it also, a clairvoyant person would be able to see a spirit standing in a room or the Holy Spirit in a room, and somebody else that's not in their right brain, that's really in the left brain, wouldn't be able to see that. Um, same with hearing things or feeling things or knowing things, which is, of course, intuition, intuition and uh, psychic power. And so since, you know, we're born whole-brained, you'll notice that children have the ability to um, have imaginary friends, which is also part of what I believe they're actually seeing their spirit helpers. And I know this was very present in my world growing up, um, my parents actually allowed us to even set a place at the table for our, fr- uh, for our imaginary friends, as well as, you know, hold the car door open, you know, they're not in yet. And, and so they were still very active in our life, where many parents, I, you know, will say, don't make things up or don't lie, there's really nobody there. And, you know, and so children, again, are taught to, to, um, to shut this down. And so you can go to different cultures in the world where this has not been shut down uh, to the extent that the Western culture has. The Bushmen of Africa are probably the most known for their ability to track. Um, They say that they can track a mouse on rock in moonlight, you know, and (laughs) what they're actually seeing is the essence that the mouse left. They're able to see See that dimensional energy essence that 's actually left when you step on the ground, which um, would be you know part of tracking, where when we track you know in the western society we 're looking for very logical um, physical things like a bent twig or an impression of a footprint or something like that, and so I think all of these things fall into the category. All this energy healing, psychic ability, intuition, seeing through the dimensions, knowing that something's there, being able to communicate with things that are unseen, fall into the ability of moving into your right brain and relearning how to use it. We give very little credence to it. We we talk about music being in the right brain and art being in the right brain, that creative force. But this is a much, much more involved training of how to, how to turn it back on and be in that state of mind, which is what I think happens when you journey. You're, it's not really a dream, but you're moving into an altered state, which is actually moving into the right side of the brain. And all of a sudden, all these things become activated, and you become aware of what's there. Even though your eyes are closed, all you're doing is moving into the right side of your brain, and you can, you can see with other facilities besides using your eyeballs in the physical realm. All of your other senses are being activated in the form of their clairs. And, um, and to me, when, when people can understand that you're moving into the, a whole brain experience, it also takes it out of the category of woo-woo, and puts it into a category of this is how you were born to be. This is truly using your, your capacities and your facilities that you were born with to their, to their full capacity and not, not overdeveloping one side and not the other. Another really great thing about the right brain that I love is the ego is not there. The ego is only in the left brain. And the ego is what creates all the mind chatter, all of the, um, uh, you know, the past, reviewing past events, relating to, to your life through past events, or worrying about the future. That linear sequential order is just in the left brain. It's not in the right. The right brain is present. It's only in the now. And so when you're trying to meditate or when you're trying to really learn to find that quiet space within you, again, what you're doing is tapping into that right brain. And when you're there, the mind chatter stops. You know, it's just this very euphoric, beautiful, blissful, um, loving. It's it's the place that we can give lip service to by saying, um, I believe in oneness and unity but then the left brain will say but there's a hierarchy (laughs) so we flip back over there and compare and think of separation where the right brain is all one it's we are all one and when you're truly in that right brain um thinking modality you're able to not only conceptualize that but you're able to feel it uh, because it's a it's a entire body experience because it's it's sensory it's not um, language. language I've got to Ooh, <laughs> oh, oh, M- MJ, kind of gone off on a tangent there MJ what what uh, I was
1: going to ask you MJ what um, because you are a student of Jan's school which is called the Light Song School of Uh shamanism so what uh, induced Uh 21st century absolutely
2: yes Uh, we've changed the name to be contemporary to
1: (laughs) (laughs) to, uh, undertake these studies
3: what was that what was the question
1: what uh induced you to undertake shamanic studies why did you decide to uh become a 21st century shaman
3: um, you know interestingly uh, when I was in my 20s I had a natal chart done first time I'd ever had that done actually first time I'd ever worked with a psychic and um, in the chart she said that it was uh, that I was destined to become this teacher and I was like well I'm a business person you know I'm doing all this stuff over here I'm opening a restaurant and I'm not interested in becoming a teacher and she said no you'll become more like a shaman and I'd never heard the term before new to me and so she described what that meant and you know what what um, that looked like and then you know just kind of like yeah whatever so that just went back in my mind for a long time uh, fast forward to about 15 years ago I moved back to Portland uh, from Santa Fe and and I met somebody in the park and she gave me Jan's name when um, I was struggling with some physical issues and she said oh, you should work with this shaman and now and then it came back up it's like hey I'm yeah, that psychic a long time ago <laughs> I was going to become the shaman well, I um, found my refrigerator thing, I, I got to call her someday And the day I finally called her she was starting an 8 week course that she only taught once a year on shamanic journeying, which is what we're going to talk about today, uh, what we've been talking about and so um, she said if you can get out to Gresham in an hour uh, the class starts, and so I went out and then I've been now studying for 15 years and I just, uh, last month received my shamanic doctorate doctorate of shamanic
2: studies yes you did congratulations
3: yeah. so, Woo-hoo. so so that's how yeah, I came to it and I really came to it initially yeah and I really came to it initially as a um, physical healing and then uh, but uh, it was also a very a lot of personal development and growth and you know uh, traveling my path it made a lot easier a lot more sense uh, bringing those
2: mm-hmm. what
3: I taught what I was, taught into my daily practice so yeah so that's how I, I came about it and, and what I was going to ask was just you mentioned the shamanic journey many times um, today but can you just describe what a shamanic journey is for the listeners? Oh we'll come back after the commercial
2: Absolutely.
3: <laughs> take that question back up
1: great minds think sure. alike I was going to ask the same question <laughs> we'll be back with Jan Smith talking about shamanism
0: Free your mind with OM Times Radio, IOM FM.
1: Ascending Hearts is no ordinary dating site, but a spiritual dating site with a purpose, to link you with your soulmate. We engineer the serendipity so you can trust that you will attune with someone that has the same matching vibration as you. Ascending Hearts, the conscious dating site for the spiritually aware. Try Ascending Hearts for free, ascendinghearts.com. Grab a cup of tea or a glass of wine and tune in for Inspired Conversations with publisher Linda Joy on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Linda creates sacred space for leading female luminaries, empowering authors, heart-centered female entrepreneurs, coaches and healers. A soulful venue where guests openly share the fears and obstacles they've overcome, wisdom and lessons learned, and the personal journey that led them to the transformational work they do in the world. Inspired conversations to empower you on your path to authentic, soulful living.
3: Sparky the Fire Dog here. Make sure your family has a fire escape plan
0: and they practice it twice a year. One important thing to practice is get low and go. If you see or smell smoke, it's important to get low and go. Protect your family from fire. For more information, visit sparky.org. We want to keep you, your family, and your community safer from fire. This message brought to you by the National Fire Protection Association and your local fire department. Visit sparky.org.
1: With Jan Smith and... Uh, You're here with Miriam Knight and M.J. Schwader. So, Jan, before we go on, I want to ask you, what is your website?
2: www.lightsong.net. Very good. And that's for the school. Yeah, I have a healing site, too, but that's for the school. Uh Uh-huh. So
1: would would that have links to your healing site as well?
2: Yes, it would. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: it would. Okay, great. So
2: the um, name of the school yes, is Light Talk, and yeah,
1: yeah. Go so ahead. please explain to us the or describe to us what is this shamanic journey all about? Sure. Or like.
2: Sure. the The word journey. Um, is describing an altered state of consciousness that a, a shaman or a shamanic practitioner um, would move into. And it's usually done with some sort of a sonic instrument, like a drum or a rattle, which are very <clears throat> traditionally shamanic. They're the oldest instruments that have been around. And, and the idea, too, with the drum is that uh, it's actually the first heartbeat or first sound that you hear as a fetus as your mother's heartbeat. And it's primal inside of you. It's like it's in your DNA, this particular rhythm. So when you move into that type of rhythm and you're wanting to move into your right brain, um, that is much easier to do uh, with that type of a sound. Usually your eyes are closed, but not always and we sort of westernized things by laying still and or laying down, and um, you know, moving into this quiet space and into what they call the journey, uh, which is again what I feel moving into the right brain, and 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 uh, all of this available information um, becomes accessible by you. There are also. Um, a number of things that you would want to learn about journeying in that uh... how the worlds are sort of where you go how it's organized because you want to remember if if you're only seeing less than one percent of what's around you and what we see is the vastness of the universe you can imagine or maybe you can't even imagine <laughs> how vast the unseen worlds are Um, unseen by the naked eye. And so learning sort of a a technique of how to journey and um, how to make connection when you're journeying is really a great thing to do. It's kind of like having training wheels on a bike and learning how to ride or starting on a tricycle, I should say, and, and advancing up. The better that you get at it, of course, the less you can let go of some of the real standard techniques. But when you're learning how to do it, it will not only allow you to feel safe and well cared for, but it will get you in contact with unconditional love, which is what some of these these beings are that you connect to when you're journeying. And, again, I think the human being has probably never experienced unconditional love in this human life, no matter how good you think some of your relationships are. They, if you really examine them, they have conditions to them. But when you can move into this um, nonlinear place, this non-egoic place, this place of oneness in a journey, you really get a taste of what unconditional love can be. And it teaches you how to be a really good human being. Then I think, in the big picture, there's there's a lot going on in the process of journeying, and that's one of one of the subtleties of it, and what's happening to your psyche. And so again, journeying can be very formal, where you're you know um, either drumming or you're listening to a drumming CD or MP3 closing your eyes, relaxing, and just moving into this uh, what they call shamanic state of consciousness or altered state of consciousness, which, again, I think is moving into the right brain, and these worlds become alive and animated for you. You always want to go in with an intention, a question, uh, a curiosity, um, because that will then direct What starts coming to you? This is, again, very real places. They're vast. And um, you will get more out of your exploration if it has a purpose to it, which is what the intention does for you. It it defines a purpose, what you're asking, and um, who you're going to meet. So when I teach people how to journey, I start off with uh, very basic. You know, we're going to meet your power animal, and, um, and Indigenous people believed. You know, this was before electric lights, and people were living inside. You know, they were very connected to nature, and so they believed that there was a there's animal allies that protect you and take care of you and guide you, much like. Um, in the Christian religion, we would think of as guardian angels. And so if you can learn how to dialogue with this being um, as a first step, that really opens a door very safely and beautifully and lovingly for you to venture into these worlds and get some guidance.
1: Does this differ substantially from the type of journeying people experience for example in south america uh with the ayahuasca uh shamans or uh, peyote the kind of castaneda uh, described
2: yeah and you know castaneda was not a healer you know he was a shaman for sure but his main interest was in power and um And that is not what we teach. Um, Our main interest is in how to bring wellness and healing to individuals, to um, not people, pets, land, you know, the environment, all those different things. And the other thing that you want to realize is that plants, uh, ayahuasca, peyote, all of these different things, they all have a purpose um, in their creation, just like you and I have a purpose or an animal has a purpose. Everything that's on the planet has a purpose or what the spirits call it's an agenda. you know it's a it's a it's why you're here. It's on a particular original blueprint of why you're here. and those um, plants are hallucinogens and they are going to alter your brain according to their agenda not your agenda not your connection to spirit's agenda but according to the plant's agenda and you know there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want but in the way that I teach people how to journey it's it's not it's it's not being circumvented or skewed by something else's agenda It's you and your personal relationship to spirit or to um, this unconditional love. We're not going to use something else to alter you to get there because as soon as you use something else, then you're uh, overlaying that agenda on your experience. And so even though these are methods that are practiced by many people and they're sacred and they're beautiful, I think that they come out of a culture and in order to gain fully what it's they're meant to do, you have to have, you have to be part of that culture. You have to really understand that culture and really understand that, that you're getting there uh, through a di- through a different way, not a direct divine revelation or a direct Connection, heart-to-heart is what I call it. So, um, yes, they are a form of journeying, but they're not what I teach or um, what I believe is possible for the human to experience. I want human beings to experience love in the most natural and, and, and authentic way without it being uh, superimposed with something else. And you never know what kind of journey you're going to get in those either. <laughs> it depends yes, on true. what kind of food is in your system. Especially, it's really dependent on the type of food in your system. And most of us have got a lot of toxins in our body, which will be affected by. It will have an effect for you in your journey. Um, with those have you ever experienced it? No, no, have I haven't. I've never wanted to. I, I have such a great connection already that um, with my allies that I've never felt like I've needed to uh, to try anything like that. So I know a lot of people that have, and I've done a lot of work on people, healing work from people that have had difficult experiences with it. So. Me to, a
3: little bit <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to um, kind of step in here and kind of circle back around something that's kind of related to it and that's the, the light song uh, name of the lights on school lights on school of sh- uh, sh- uh, 21st century shamanism and energy uh, medicine and um, one of the things that I get a lot from people who are learning about shamanism or who think they know something about shamanism is is that it's specifically Native American and um, and one of the things that I like about the school that I really enjoy is that it's broad. It's there's Celtic and there's Egyptian and there's South American and you know there's there's um, information from a lot of different indigenous cultures, not just Native American, although that is a, a big part as well. So it's it's a broader piece of it. And as Jan said, you know the 21st century. It's it's not only contemporary in the name but we are, we are facing different issues in our current lives than, than people were a century ago or two centuries or five, five centuries ago. So um, it does bring that up and bring it forward as well. So I just wanted to circle back around to that.
2: Yeah, that's good, MJ. And um, I would like to honor Michael Harner with that in that he was one of my primary teachers, and uh, he introduced an idea called core shamanism. Uh, And what that means is that if you were to study the indigenous people on the seven continents of the world and look at what they had in common out of all of those tribes, all of those indigenous peoples globally, you would come up with a handful of things that are are common amongst all of them. One, um, the use of the drum and the rattle. Uh, Another is... uh, the journeying into the different worlds and working with spirits. And so it's very eclectic. It pulls from all of those different areas, not just, like you say, Native American. In fact, it's not Native American at all, actually.
1: Well, Uh we're going to pick that theme up when we come back from our final break. Uh, Stay with us, and we'll be right back.
0: Bringing you the best of the conscious minds in the world. Om Times Radio, your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. Ohm Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single Ohm Times Endeavor host your show with Times radio network join me maggie chula on mondays at noon eastern for mastermind with maggie let's work together in a mastermind we can resolve life's problems and create goals for the future build action steps empowering you to create your life in partnership with your divine source of light your soul manifesting your goals can be simple and easy so come with your problems and leave with a plan the akashic master teachers and i are waiting to help you today my new dad threw a barbecue i burnt everything
1: Welcome back. We're speaking with Jan Engel-Smith. Jan, I want to use this last segment to focus a little bit on your book, Through the Rabbit Hole. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I understand that you have a video series and some CDs. So can this book um, be used to actually have your own experience of, of journeying, or do you really need a teacher?
2: I wrote the book so that people could uh, try this on their own. As a, I, I have such a demand, uh, people want to know how to do this, um, and not everybody can fly into Portland, you know, to to have the experience. So my book was the first attempt to really outline the process and the things that I felt important in the in journeying. And from that, um, we decided to make a video series, which is the class through the rabbit hole online. And not online in a speaking online, but in online where it's visual, where you are actually invited into a virtual classroom with me. We do all the journeys. The journeys are uh, both in... Guided form as well as, uh, trying to do things on your own. And it is step by step. It's extremely thorough. It's extremely inviting and welcoming. And, uh, you know, it's, it allows you to feel included. Because one of the things that I found with people, especially people on a spiritual quest, they're looking, they're really looking for a way to connect, and they're looking for like-minded people, and they're looking for a way to belong. And so with the video, uh, or the online experience, uh, you can, there's discussion groups that you can feel like you have access to me and to uh, the eight other people that are part of the virtual classroom. You can ask questions, we can have conversations, and I feel you can have a very authentic, rich, um, almost hands-on experience like you would in a classroom, like we tried to make it as as uh, truly um personal as as we could and i i think we pulled it off we we have some very interesting things on that online series that you can tap into and be part of and so i highly recommend it especially if you can't um get yourself to portland to participate in a a class and physically and and then of course we are also oh go ahead
1: I was just going to ask how difficult it can and everybody journey?
2: Um, everybody can journey. Sure. Like I said, it's it's your birthright. It's really just learning how to turn on this part of you that's been turned off. I've taught thousands of people how to journey and have, have had wonderful success with it. Um, not everybody journeys the same way and gets information the same way, and I think that that's where... Um, where I've been successful is that I give a variety of ways of approaching it, and just you know, I was a classroom teacher for a long time uh, before I went into psychotherapy, and you know, you you really learn how to present materials that are tapping into all the different learning uh, modes that a person might have, and so I feel like the 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 video really does this um, and and yes, everybody can can journey it's the most natural part of you you're doing it all the time, even though you don't realize it when when you're going for a walk in nature and you feel as if there's a communication going on between you and the trees or the the birds there is that it's a form of journeying. And what I'm doing is like how do we fine tune this and really get the information about what's coming through? How do you how do you decipher that? How do you learn how to communicate with all of this going on? So both in our seeing world, you know, with the birds and the clouds and the and the trees, as well as the unseen world with all the beings that are there. It's all I just part step of in it. Here for
3: just a- uh, just for yeah. a second, you know, um, you were saying how everybody has a different experience. My experience is like the more you do it, the more it's like tuning in your radio station to the right frequency. Um, and that's then, right. In my uh-huh. case, in my case because I'm a writer, um, well, oftentimes they'll show me things in terms of like a big neon word, like one word. <laughs> I love that. From that, so uh,
2: uh-huh. there's
3: different ways too, but that's a, that's a very way they know that I'll get it because words are uh-huh. my business, words are my life, so so that's my way yeah. of getting it. Other people don't don't get me on words. You know,
2: right. Light. So, it, it, everybody right, picks it up. There's nobody that journeys the same. and yep. um, And so teaching a variety of ways to get the information and not making anybody wrong or less than, but it's their way really empowers them to Move further into that style until it it is just flowing for them.
1: So, if I understand correctly, journey, the purpose of journeying is to a um, experience unconditional love and b make a connection with some kind of spiritual helpers who can help you in your life.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. I put those in the in a different. I'd say A, making the connection. B, it's what you'll find is there's a subtlety about learning about unconditional love in the process, yes. But A is why we journey. It's to get us informed about all these other things and available help that's there for us, guidance, uh, healing, anything that you need. To help your life as a human being be better and more rich and happier, we are not placed on this planet to be by ourselves and to figure it out by ourselves. We have all kinds of available resources and help around us. That is all the other things that we share this planet with, both visible and invisible, and we're all working as a team. But you have to learn how to tap into it to get to get your needs met.
1: So you could certainly use the word journeying as a uh, cognate for any kind of uh, interdimensional connection, connection with one's spiritual um, helpers?
2: Absolutely. So Yeah, it, it is a term that would describe it. It's a style, it's a technique that is a usable So it's form one technique. To get that. Right. It's one technique. Right. And what I like about it is that it's quick, it's easy to learn, and it's reliable, and anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas meditation is another technique. But, you know, I've been a meditator since I was in my early 20s, and it takes tremendous amounts of discipline and sort of hard work for success. Sometimes you have it and sometimes you don't where when you learn how to journey you can be successful in a weekend or with this video course that I have you can you can have success and then you can become very proficient at it with practice and learning more and more things and then of course learning all the healing techniques and how to how to do just absolutely miraculous things for people and for yourself and for your family and for your friends, you know, for your pets. Have um, either of all you, of those things. Have
1: either, of you, have either of you had um, journeys that really blew your minds?
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> Lots. <laughs> A lot. Regularly. More often than not, actually. Yeah, more often than not. I still get blown away sometimes. It's just like, oh, my God.
1: Yeah. Uh, Give us an example.
2: Example. So many. Oh, yeah, let's see. Um,
1: Well, actually, you know, we are coming to the end of the show. So why don't we... Uh, ask you for some kind of closing um, uh, message to our listeners.
3: In particular, how 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 are the different ways that they can get these um, different ways of learning to do to do journeys?
2: Well, you mean through my website and things like that? Uh, is oh. is that what you mean, MJ? You need, MJ? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, and what I would say as a closing message is that um, you're not alone, and there's all kinds of resources and help available to uh, bring you in a path of wellness and well-being and happiness. And many of these things can be provided in learning how to journey, and you can definitely contact me. Um, on my website of lightsong.net or send me an email at jan at lightsong.net. And uh, you can get books or videos or CDs, anything that fits your fancy, audio books. It's all available on my website. And one of my missions in life is to be of service, to be helpful, to uh, help bring wellness to the planet and to people. And I just am unrelentless in <laughs> my ability to reach out <laughs> and to, uh, to provide that. And so, you know, take advantage of it.
1: <laughs> thank you very much. We've been speaking with Jan Engels-Smith. Her website is lightsong.net. Thank you, Jan. Thanks,
2: Jan. Oh, you're entirely you, welcome. My pleasure.
1: And do... Fun. Come back and join us next week, and we would hope that you have a blessed day, week, and recover from anything adverse in the news. Many blessings. Yeah. Goodbye.
2: Bye-bye.